0: Cool, cool, cool. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Espo and Gerald Bourget. Y'all feeling okay? It's a little bit earlier than normal for us after a game night.
1: I'm feeling spicy. (laughs) Why'd you give her that look? (laughs) I'm feeling spicy. That's a spicy face. That's my spicy face.
2: Feeling spicy. Oh, spicy. Went, I just want you guys aware. Like
3: Jim Carrey, the mask. Somebody stop, stop me. <laughs> feeling <laughs> spicy.
2: Oh my goodness. All right. You want energy? I got it. You brought it. You brought it. I know, ever since Lindsay doubted our energy, it's been on another level.
0: <laughs> you started it. I know
2: because I was like, "Don't you doubt my energy? Let's go." <laughs>
0: Uh, Gerald, how are you doing?
3: I'm tired, but not spicy, but I'm feeling okay. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Are you Luka level fourth quarter tired or just generally tired? No, just like second quarter Luka all tired. Right, good, probably. Gotcha. Good. Gotcha.
0: There's,
2: there's there's levels here. Yeah, yeah, still, gotcha. still
3: doing big things, but starting to feel it a little bit.
0: Well, as you all know, the Suns are up 2-0 on the Mavs here in the second round of the playoffs. And we talked a lot last night about the way the Suns were able to kind of take advantage of the Mavs and Luka last night. But... Let's go into it a little bit more. Gerald, you wrote an amazing article on gophnx.com, kind of breaking this all down for us. So give us uh, the cliff notes, if you will.
3: Yeah, it seemed bad in the moment watching that game and then watching it back. I watched went through every single basket they made in the second half, a half where they shot 71% from the field, by the way. And it was ruthless. They almost targeted him every single time down the floor when he was on the court like I, I thought it might measure up to what they did to michael porter jr in the second round last year it was even worse because mm-hmm. it was every single play um and, and it was crazy because they shot 84 percent in that fourth quarter they set the franchise record for field goal percentage in a game and the majority of it down the stretch when they scored 71 in that second half was at one specific guy And it's the one guy that they needed to go at to wear him out. Uh, We've been talking about how it's, you know, the Suns always talk about the wear down effect. And that was in full force with this war of attrition that they're waging on this guy because they're letting him get what he wants in the first half. He had 24. He took a ton of shots, dribbled the ball. And in a heliocentric offense like that, you're not going to beat the Suns because they are going to wear you down and they're going to need other guys to step up, especially if they're going at him on the defensive end. So it was really noticeable going back through the clips and breaking them down how often they used him the the guy that he was guarding as the primary screener
2: yeah i heard uh i think i saw a stat that said that 19 times in the second half he was attacked to as as uh in in a pick and roll situation and the suns averaged 1.81 points per possession mm-hmm. which is uh <laughs> crazy high and it's but what's so funny is, is that's the third highest um um i guess amounts that that he's been put in a game in that situation mm-hmm. like that so other teams have, have also recognized that and attacked mm-hmm. Luca, uh but we'll get into all that yeah, yeah what Luka is stuff it later. 50
1: times a series they've gone after him directly 50 like that. 51 50, that's yeah. that's insane <laughs> and they obviously looked at it and found What the deficiency in the Mavericks' defense is, and they're going to keep pounding that. They're going to keep going at that uh, over the next uh, two, three, four games.
3: Yeah, and and, you know NBA's matchup data is a little it can be flawed sometimes, but the Suns are shooting fifty percent when directly shooting against Luka Doncic in this series so far. Only two games, and they were both at home. But I don't see this issue getting much better, especially if you look at some of the ways that. They attacked him, and, and we actually do have a couple of clips. I'll try to be as descriptive as possible for our audio people. Um, but let, let's go ahead and pull up the first clip now. on this one on the weak side, Luka Doncic is down in the corner. And, Devin, it's the first play of the, of the third quarter. They've got Luka Doncic on the weak side. Jay Crowder just sets a, a screen for Booker curling around from the three-point line. And Luka just stands there. He Dude, doesn't show. He, he doesn't, doesn't shoot move through all. the gap. And Dorian Finney Smith is in help defense, so he's too late to trail that screen. Book gets an easy three just to start the third quarter. I mean, the
2: the I mean that's number one. The the first the first video you show is problematic. Yeah. Right from the <laughs> jump, right? Like we're not even talking about pick and roll defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my man set a screen, but Luca literally took like one step <laughs> yeah. sideways and didn't move from the elbow. Well, mm-hmm. didn't
0: they have to go to? Um, shoot, now I'm blinking. Not man on man defense. What they a, they switched zone? to zone, zone late in the game you.
3: just because Spark they were work. trying anything at that
0: point. And he yeah, was just but, so tired. It's almost like he literally would just had like cement shoes on.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but but typically, even in a in a zone, you play a little bit better defense than that.
1: That looked yeah. like <laughs> that looked like me when the dog gets off the leash and I just stare and I'm like. It'll come. I gotta go get the car. Like I'm not running after this. This ain't happening. Either either that dog's gone for good, or I'm getting the car and finding him. I'm not running. All right.
3: Let's uh, let's pull up the second clip if we can. And so that was after Booker's three, Um, and in this clip, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder again the screener. Chris Paul swings it to him on the pick and pop. Crowder drives right past him, easy dump off for Javale McGee. Same thing next play. He drives right past him. McGee, easy dump off. And those are both ones where the closeout is, is so bad. Like in this case, he's way late to rush back to Jay Crowder. And then he kind of gets popped in the face by Crowder there. But easy dump off for the dunk. And well, J- if Jay Crowder's driving past you... And if Chris Paul at age almost 37 is driving past you repeatedly, and, that's an issue. And we're talking about some fundamental
2: things that are wrong with what Luca does. OK, mm-hmm. on the closeout to Jay, he runs out and he doesn't do a very good uh, job of uh, what they call like stutter stepping. Right. Like mm-hmm. you you got it. it it's almost like a, a breakdown because you you have to close the gap. But you also have to be on your toes and ready to move at a at a moment's notice. So wait. So that way you don't have all of your weight leaning into one Direction. So that's why you kind of pitter-patter to try and get closer so that way uh, a lot of your weight is distributed evenly across your body. But Luca doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. He runs out. He takes like two, three big steps, burn every <laughs> single time. And a rule of thumb is is usually if the, the defender comes at you and they put one foot out in front like pretty demonstratively, mm-hmm. you'll take them the opposite side. Right. Um, you want to take them towards the leg because it takes longer for you to reverse your body to go that way. But Luca's so damn slow that they were like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter, and they just go right by him.
1: <laughs> well, I, what I don't understand is why does Luca attack Jay's left side? I mean, he he goes towards his left side. Because you want to get the, to
2: the strong hand.
1: I get that, but you're opening – I mean, you're going – you're committing to his left, right? No, no. That Jay was, goes
2: right. No, no. That was the other way around. He, Jay went left. No, just I'm saying –
1: no, okay, let's look at the... Yeah, Jay, go, Jay, Jay goes okay, left. Okay, goes left. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, you're. So right you on that. So you typically want to force them to their weak so he, weak he, side, he right? He forced them to the weak, and yeah. Jay took advantage of it on that one. All right. I finally understand why uh, why Luca wears seventy seven though, because he plays defense like a seventy seven year old man. You know, <laughs> really, like he doesn't move. Like this is problematic. If if you're if you're the best player on a team and you're supposedly the superstar, you know the the, the Halle Luca of the of the league. And you can't play the entire side of the ball. This is this is very reminiscent of how people used to go with James Harden at times. Right. And, and
3: this isn't just a Luca thing either, we should note, because this is a scheme. This is a personnel mm-hmm. issue for the Mavs. You can't have him running all of your offense for the entire first half. He wore out. He wore out in game one. He wore out in game two. And you can't do that against a team that has not just Mikhail Bridges to throw at you, but multiple other defenders. To make it difficult and in that second half when they you know made the switch like okay mikhail get through every screen hound him everywhere don't you know no more soft switches it made a huge difference. He wore out. He had 11 second-half points, and that was it. Also, going back to your point yesterday about, you know, <clears throat> you weren't complaining, but you were saying,
2: why don't the Suns have more time in between these games as they do? This is to the Suns' advantage because he's mm-hmm. just going to continue to wear down in these games when they only have one game, one day of rest in between. Uh, it's not going to get any better for Luka. I just – I really, truly believe that.
1: Were they okie-doking him in the first half? Like, were they – setting him up to exert all that energy to then (laughs) then get just taken advantage of in the second half?
3: It kind of feels like it a little bit. It felt like Monty, like in the first half, you were wondering, okay, is Monty getting a little too greedy? Because he took Book out with like a minute left in the first quarter. Book usually plays the whole first quarter. In game one, he had Chris Paul sitting on the bench for like 12 minutes straight. They were doing those soft switches, like I mentioned. Like it just kind of felt like they were seeing, okay, how much can we get away with? And it felt like, oh man, Luca's gonna have another big game. And it worked. Like they rope a doped him <laughs> a little bit. They wore him out. And then they were ruthless in targeting him in the second half. That felt very coordinated to me as much as they tried to everybody tried to downplay it when we asked about it post game. Um I
0: mean, why wouldn't you though? Oh yeah. You're like, not- it, it's it's literally it feels like low hanging fruit.
3: Right. Well, I saw a couple couple of people, we'll play this clip in a little bit, but I saw a couple of people making fun of the question that I asked to Chris Paul because um, I asked, you know, how important is it to put Luka Doncic in defensive actions? They're like, what kind of dumb question is that? I was like, it's a question you have to ask because yeah. you can't ask these guys, how fun was it beating the shit out of Luka on every play and targeting yeah, him? They just They're, not gonna yeah. They're not going to answer that. They're not going to touch it. Um, but let's let's go ahead and play the third clip if we can. Okay, so on this one, Chris Paul Chris Paul was ruthless. He always does this, but he targets him again. Cam Johnson came in where Jay Crowder was and starts doing the exact same thing, except Jay, or Cam Johnson is more mobile. So he sets the screen. He pops out to the top of the key. It's an easy pick and pop three. And you see Jalen Brunson, like he tries to get over the screen and then realizes Luka's not switching. So he has to run back to Cam Johnson. That's an easy so, wide open three. So...
2: so run that one more time okay
3: so so Brunson's got CP mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah yeah Luca Luca doesn't step up to the ball handler to take him and he doesn't hedge back towards the rolling as
2: a general rule of thumb if your man doesn't set a good screen, you mm-hmm. don't
3: switch right and Luca just <laughs> he was he stood rooted he didn't
1: he didn't in a no man's land.
3: Oh my right. god. Right. He didn't go out to handle the ball handler and be like, "Okay, this is a switch." And he also didn't follow Cam Johnson who just simple leak out mm. for an easy 3 at the top of the key. Luke is a bad defender. It's Jeez. I mean, it's he, yeah. it, a lot of that looks like fatigue. He's not a great defender. He can defend when he has the energy, but in this series he's just not going to have the energy, so this is going to keep happening. Let's let's go ahead and play the last clip if we can. So on this one, this is just funny because Chris Paul knows that he's got him completely dead tired. He has him beat now. Uh, Cam Johnson sets a screen. The the Mavs actually switch at this time. They try to do something different. And Chris Paul just pulls up and hits the mid-range jumper right of, in his of face. Of all
2: the scenarios <laughs> that we've seen, though, mm-hmm. that was the best defense by Luca. Yeah, it yes. was. Like at, at least, least he was at least he had a hand up. He tried to recover. Mm-hmm. Like, good job, Luca. You finally figured <laughs> out that you're a shitty defender, and you're on all these tapes and all these videos that are about to go viral. So, like, he, he
1: switched he, the pick that time too. Yeah. Brunson gets picked. He follows him, but CP knew he had him on skates. Yep. It didn't matter. Yep. Yeah. yeah,
3: and and that, that one. That one made me laugh almost as hard as the two layups he got because there were back-to-back times where he just drove right past Luka, got a layup. One of them was an and-one. The help defender hit Chris Paul. Um, But those just going back through the tape, and I wrote all about this if you're interested in reliving it, but going back through, they were just merciless in targeting him. So that is definitely something Dallas has to – they have to change their offensive strategy to avoid – They can't have their best player be such a liability on the other end.
0: Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of people in the comments are chatting, are talking about how a lot of what you just broke down, mostly in the third clip there, Mm -hmm. communication. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like they're not even communicating with each other out there at times. And then there's people in the chat that are like, now that we've sat down and watched this and we're able to have this series, like that makes you appreciate what Devin does defensively even more. Yeah. Like, cause somebody said one of the the best uh, plays from last night was when Gart, uh, when Devin picked up Luca and just mm-hmm. completely like shut yeah. him down. Yeah.
3: yeah. Shot clock yeah. violation on that play. Yep. Yeah, and you could see Jay Crowder was juiced about it. The mm-hmm. way, like he, because he was watching right there, like slapped him on the ass. was Like, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the <clears throat> type of stuff that you need your superstar to do in a playoff series, and it's amazing how that narrative has shifted on Booker. Yep.
2: And, and that's that, that play right there kind of alluded to what was about to happen in the second half too because they, they, they closed up a lot of that airspace between Luka and the defender, especially Mikael Bridges. He cut off that space. If you watch Devin Booker on that possession, he plays basically chest-to-chest with Luka the entire time, doesn't let him get any breathing room to be able to do a step back um, and pump fake or whatever he was going to do, thus leading to the shot clock violation. And Mikael did the exact same thing in the second half. you got to close off that airspace. You can't give a guy that's as slow as Luka but crafty as Luka the amount of space that they were giving him in the first and second quarter, and think that you're going to be okay because he will score. He's a listen, as much as we've been dogging Luca, he's one of the greatest scorers. I mean, especially early on in his career of all time, like mm-hmm. he just is. He knows how to put the ball in the basket, mm-hmm. but um, there are ways to limit his production. Um, and one of those ways is not only by making him work extra hard on the defensive end, but also creating some mismatches and some some opportunities that make him feel a little bit more discomfort on the offensive side of the ball as well.
1: Well, and a big reason he feels that is Devin Booker's defense on Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. How well he's been doing there and taking <clears> away <throat> a guy who had a big first-round series. Devin Booker has taken that matchup personally and has done everything he can to prove, hey, you want to say I'm a bad defender, you want to claim this, well, watch the tape of the other star and then see what I'm doing to Jalen Brunson and we can have a talk. Mm -hmm. He's shut him down, and that's a huge reason why Luca has to put as many miles as he does on himself, because he has no help because Devin's shutting down Brunson.
3: Absolutely. Brunson in the first round, 28 points per game on about 48% shooting. So far through these first two games, 11 points on 31% shooting, and a large part of that is Booker. Um, So that's incredible. But before we move on to our next topic, I do want to bring that clip up because I think I watched it like 10 times over last (laughs) night because you could just see like book look to Chris Paul when I asked him about how important it is to run Luka Doncic through screens and Chris Paul was trying so hard they were both trying so hard not to laugh let's let's show that Chris when you're playing a a guy like Luka Doncic and how important is it to make him work defensively as far as running him through a lot of actions especially late in a game when he's (laughs) logged heavy minutes like that uh, we just <laughs> He's try trying to play.
0: So hard not to laugh.
3: Um, take what the defense gives us. On serious. Just we got two games. We just gonna keep playing.
1: That second look. From, that second <laughs> look for Buck Kilby. The first one's great. The second one's like, don't you laugh?
0: Don't you dare laugh right now. He's trying so hard not to even like have a corner, a sliver of a smile in there. Like you can tell, it's everything in him to not smile.
3: Oh, So fun. And the way he was just like, like at the very near the very end, he was like choking, trying to get the words out without <laughs> laughing. And and he saw me kind of smirking and he was like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> like, he He's very aware he doesn't want to give his opponent any bulletin board material. But yeah,
0: he knew what he knew what you were trying yes, to do. He, he knew what I
3: was basically asking and he knew that he wasn't going to touch that one at this also,
0: time. Also, uh, right after you asked the question before anybody answered they both looked at each other for a pause for a minute like <laughs> trying to communicate telepathically like where are we going here what are we gonna do it's, been, yep. it's very What's much like plan?
2: it very much was, it made me feel like when you go buy a car with your your spouse and they're <laughs> like hey so how does this number per month look and, and you just kind of look at your spouse like no nah, fuck that
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like mm, that's interesting we'll talk about this i just saw
1: when they made the eye contact a little speech bubble that just said pigeon <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I saw. They were just looking at each other like, yeah, we cooked that dude. Oh. Fantastic.
0: Man. I really love the relationship between Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They were very complimentary of each other last night, mm. as they have been since the beginning, since they started playing together. And uh, Gerald, you were there. You got to hear what they had to say. But they were, you know, Devin was basically saying, you know, every time Chris Paul has a fourth quarter like he had last night, it doesn't surprise them, but they are Definitely impressed by it mm-hmm. every single time, even though it happens more often than not. And then Chris Paul saying Devin's one of the best shooters he's ever played with mm-hmm. and then he gets pissed off when it, miss- when he misses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: it was, it was cool because we've heard them talk about each other in this way a lot over the last two years. Um, but, you know, book brought up the fact that like, and he made a joke. He was like when I was seven or eight or maybe two, I was watching Chris Paul play, and Chris Paul <laughs> goes, "Relax." Like <laughs> he just got on the a couple times. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and book, B- book was brought, bringing up how he's been watching him do this with his dad, and his dad would always tell him, "Like, look at how he analyzes the game, gets everybody involved, and then picks his spots when to take over." And he's still doing that, approaching his thirty seventh birthday at an elite level against a twenty three year old superstar. Mostly last night, so um it, it's just incredible and, and then like you said Linz, he he brought up that he's played with a lot of great shooters in his time but nobody quite liked book in in that regard um and he, he's always brought up every time book shoots i feel like it's going in i'm mad when it doesn't go in um and you you know you reflect on his time with james harden in houston and how that was just such a poor fit and then he comes here with an unproven at the time star like devin booker and it just, everything fits perfectly. Like, that's a real testament for a Hall of Famer and a competitor like Chris Paul to take to book in that way and see that, that dog in him as well. That's really cool. So one of
1: my favorite tweets about your clip was from Aaron, a friend of the program, who is on Crooked Media's All Caps NBA. And he tweeted out, Glad these two complete assholes found each other, <laughs> and he meant it in the most complimentary way possible. Yeah, because that's the way they approach the game. They are killers on the court, and I love that because it's so <laughs> true. It's like the perfect pairing. Like it, you know, it's dangerous when these two guys get together. Yeah.
0: So Gerald, there's a, a comment in the chat for you from Charles. They said Girth still want you to find out how the team game plans tempo and pace from series to series.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's a case-by-case case thing. I actually did ask Monty, um, I think in the practices leading up to uh, this, the start of this series about how important pace would be because the Mavs play it at the slowest pace in the NBA. It's for an obvious reason. Luca dribbles <laughs> the ball up the court and it's all very one-dimensional in that regard. Um, and he mentioned, he's said this before, like pace is not the end-all, be-all stat for us, but it for us it starts with getting a stop. Like when we get a stop then we can get out in transition and pick up the tempo. You know, he's very confident in his team as a half-court offense. They have the best half-court offense in the playoffs of any team right now. But when they do get stops and they get out and run like we saw a lot in games one and two, that really helps, and, you know, it, it contributes to that fatigue factor we've been talking about too. Uh,
1: Edward Todd in the chat with a great quote, he says, CP3 to Luca, hold this pe- my Pedialyte, this is the fourth <laughs> quarter. <laughs>
0: Well, if you guys want to celebrate Chris Paul's 37th birthday tomorrow, the best way to do so would be to win some money from our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right now, you can win $150 in free bets by just placing a $5 bet on any team to win. And if they do, you're going to be $150 richer. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. They are an official sports betting partner of the NBA Plus, all customers, no matter if you sign up today or if you signed up six months ago, can re- can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg does not hit. So if you haven't already, be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Also, don't forget, tomorrow we are going to be down at the Ainsworth for another oh, yes. watch party. So come hang out with us. And, uh, you, you know, we've talked about this a lot since the playoffs started. Watch parties, games. We want to make sure everyone is staying safe and healthy. So... With all these fun events going on, just a reminder that COVID nineteen vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those twelve and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov/slash-find-vaccine for a location near you. All right, guys, I know this is the segment you all have been waiting for. Uh, no, I was waiting, for Gerald. <laughs> I, I genuinely I love really the enjoyed
2: the last segment. So. I, you know, we don't get to break down film very often on this show. Well, let's
0: do it more. We mm-hmm. should
2: do it more. Um, but we only do it on the days in between because it's kind of hard to do it in post game. Yeah. Um it's always nice to have Gerald here and Gerald never here. So, you
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Gerald's so it's fault, fault as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's
2: my <that's all> <laughs> fault. where blame me? I'm a deflector.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll figure out a way to get more of that in here. Um, and everyone in the chat has been talking about this as well. Our friend, Nick Wright, had a lot to say. Hi recently. buddy. <laughs> Hi Nick. So let's go ahead and just dive into it. You want to start with the clip? Yes. Yeah, let's start yeah. with the clip.
4: Score. And it's Luca Because Jalen Brunson's yet to show up to the series. It's exhausting. He's not naturally a great defender to begin with. And Chris Paul, because he is as smart of a basketball player as we've ever had this side of LeBron James, waits and waits and waits. And then in the fourth quarter, when Lucas is most tired... And the Mavs are their most desperate. He just tortures him. Oh. It's almost a little unfair what they're doing. He's tired. These constant pick and rolls. The constant <laughs> oh. targeting. Oh, he's so tired. It's really, you know what? <laughs> I would, I would just say, may, <laughs> if, if you're, if you're truly the oh. best team in basketball, beat them straight up, not with this gimmicky stuff. But <laughs> that's what they're doing. <laughs>
1: You know, I mean, that's <laughs> the appropriate response He doesn't even believe in <laughs> himself. All right, look, I tweeted this out just basically quoting that he said it was unfair, in the pic, uh, you know, that they were using the pick and roll. And Nick Wright actually <laughs> quote tweeted it and just said unfair. Doug Gottlieb quote tweeted it and basically made fun of Nick Wright. But I got a lot of people on Twitter going – this this is sarcasm it's obviously sarcastic i get it it's part of his shtick right mm-hmm. i understand to what like what Saul's saying he didn't really believe it but the problem is he wasn't good at it right <laughs> little nicky i mean you got to be good when when you get when you try to go with sarcasm right and look you simply have adopted sarcasm i was born in it <laughs> i was molded by it and i'd like to show you how to appropriately do sarcasm Jacob, can we take the uh, take the shot here, the two shot, so I can talk to Nikki? Uh, all right, all right. Well, let me show you how this is done. Oh boy, Nick Wright is the greatest basketball mind we have in this country right now. He, I mean, honestly, one of the brightest minds of the game. When you think Naismith, you think Phil Jackson, you think Michael Jordan. Kobe, you think, friggin' Greg Popovich. They've got nothing, nothing on Nick Wright and his basketball acumen. I have never seen a mind be able to dissect the game the way that Nick does, to look at it and see the little details that everybody misses, even though it seems so damn obvious. Nick Wright should be standing near his mailbox waiting for that invitation to get into the Basketball Hall of Fame. That's how brilliant he is. And now he's trying to do it on TV, too. He's trying to prove to everybody that there's no, not as great a broadcaster as him anywhere along the connect, collection of Fox Networks, ESPN, I'd say even BBC and CNN. <laughs> there is not a broadcaster quite as good as, as Nick's. And quite frankly, I cannot wait to go to Springfield, Massachusetts For his induction ceremony I will shed a tear at When he gets in At how great he is So he can join those other Masterful minds of the game of basketball Nick, you are unbelievable I am so happy That we get to welcome you Into our, into our homes every morning To expand our minds On the X's and O's And the insight on the game of basketball Nick, you are the man and that is how you do sarcasm, people, right there.
0: I feel like there was a part part of me thinks that he was genuinely trying in the beginning of the clip and then realized nobody was agreeing with him, and then he kind of switched to sarcasm you, to, you like, mean same that, face.
1: You mean that point where he broke Chris Broussard's mind? <laughs> you just saw Chris Broussard's brain snap? Yeah, that point, <laughs> maybe.
3: He, he literally tried to argue that, running efficient offense in the fourth quarter is a gimmick. Like, I don't, you know, I, I, I can't even entertain <laughs> how, that one. How
1: I dare you run like... pick and roll and find the weakest defender and punish him? Yeah. How dare you, good sir?
3: Such a weird argument.
1: Even yeah, our friend weird. Alan
0: William got in on the conversation. He tweeted just a few minutes ago, Show so show mercy? Hell no, nah, this is war. You take <laughs> advantage of your opponent's weaknesses. Ain't shit unfair about just being better than someone.
1: To be fair... Nick probably was the guy that everybody took advantage of his weaknesses in oh, elementary school oh no!
3: and that may be why he's uh, <laughs> Espo, tolerating Espo's coming for throats today yes. oh, man.
0: Espo woke up he, and chose violence. He
3: woke up feeling spicy he warned
0: us he did warn us.
2: You know he was spicy when he gave you like half an open eye and half a full one and when he's like ah I'm spicy you know what I mean like he was that's when you know it's I'm real. feeling it <laughs> brother. Oh, no.
0: But it doesn't stop there does it Saul?
2: It does not no. Well, what's so funny is, is then he, listen, first of all, Nick Wright, if you're going to step up with the big boys, and you're a big boy, you're on well, a major network. no, nah, well, nah, he's on a major network. Oh, well, we're talking like, about just like, his like, position. Yeah, yeah, right. his position. Like, he's a big boy. He's actually very tall, too, by the way. So he is a, a tall guy. Anyway, um, just add us, bro. Like, add us. Because then he puts out this tweet right here. Jacob? Uh, It says, local sports media once was the biggest critics of local teams, a constant pain in the ass for the local GM or head coach. Now, in some markets, they're simply grown cheerleaders rallying the troops at anyone who won't call their guy or team the best. Sad. Okay, first of all, that template can go fuck itself <laughs> yeah. because we know where that came we from know exactly and nobody why. likes it. No. Number two, uh, you got us fucked up if you talk about like local media in the traditional sense, right? Mm. Because from day one, we are non-traditional media. We're a completely digital outlet, us. Mm. I know there might have been other media peeps that were piping in on this as well because I assume they were uh, because it was such a hot trash take. Like you deserve what you got. But in the traditional sense, that is not what we are. We are all about the fans. That's where we fucking come from. And if you don't know that, that means you're not really educated enough to understand how to talk about it in the first place. And traditional media, what is that even anymore? Like, let's be honest. Like, we are we just talking about television? Are we talking about radio? Are we talking about newspapers? Because I would wager to say that Listen, every traditional media outlet in the country has a relationship with all these teams. So don't give me that bullshit about traditional media and how they should cover the teams. Because at the end of the day, everybody is in everybody else's pocket. I don't want to hear it. We're all here trying to cover these teams the best we can, and we're all going to call out bullshit. When the days were dark, when the Suns had 19 (laughs) wins on the year, we absolutely bagged on this team too. We don't play fair weatherism. We don't do that shit. We just tell it like we see it, and if they're great, they're great. Your guy Luca wasn't great on defense, so we called him out, and that's just how it is. And if you can't learn how to deal with that, then you should probably swallow your own bullshit because you're sitting there hyping up a guy who absolutely got dogged out in the fourth quarter order because why you're in the media and you're sitting there pumping up your superstar don't be a fucking hypocrite just stick by what you want to say and don't call us out for pulling the same shit that you're trying to pull
1: can we put that tweet back up the tweet you know what this screams to me i read this and all i hear is nick Wright is shook (laughs) Yes, Nick Wright is shook because the Suns are doing what he didn't think was possible to Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. And then Suns fans are taking him to task for his trash take. He's shook. And in that vein, I want to make our big special announcement. Let's go, baby. Our big special announcement is since our friend Nick Wright is so
2: shook, we want to help him out. Hey, we, and we love you, Nick. We we'll do. do. We, hey. have, we have mad respect for everybody in the media that speaks their mind because it takes huge wavos to have bad takes like you do. And, it does.
1: And look, I will, I'll say this, right? We're a caring, kind group and sons we fandom. We want to take care of people when they're in need. So... <laughs> We're having, let's throw the graphic up, the Nick Wright Tissue Donation Drive. (laughs) We want, whether he wants to use it when he's talking about Luca or to shed his tears, we're gonna have tissues there for him. If you come out to the Ainsworth tomorrow night, Friday, and drop off a box of tissues, we will ship them To the FS1 studios with a note for Nick Wright so he can dry those tears because we care here at PHNX and we wanna take care of somebody that's in need. And Nikki, we know your feelings are hurt, and we wanna give you something to cry into. So drop a super chat if you can't make it out there. We'll use that money for tissues. Come out to the (laughs) Ainsworth, drop off a box of tissues, and I'm heading over to Costco. I'm gonna buy $60 worth of tissues as well myself, and we're gonna give Nikki what he needs.
2: That's
0: a lot of tissues.
2: He needs needs a lot. He's salty. And he's whining about Luca getting absolutely torched. Like, listen, guys. Hey, the Ainsworth tomorrow. We should have, like, we should basically have a barricade of tissues
0: that we're going to (laughs) ship out to Nick Wright.
2: I'm telling you, it's going to be phenomenal.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, I think I took the biggest beef with the secondary tweet that he sent out bashing local media because... Local media is what gives fan bases access yes. to their favorite team. Like, regardless, you say what you want about local media, but if we don't exist, this fan base gets like nothing. Well, no. it gets crumbs about its favorite team from national media. And, and that's not fair. The Suns are the best team in the NBA. They have been the best team in the NBA for a little while now. And they still barely get any love from anybody. So if anything, he should be like, hey, shout out to local media for actually giving the fan base what they deserve. Unlike a lot of people that we've discussed on this show in the last 48 hours.
2: Well, I will also say this. There are fantastic people in the media around yeah. this city, like that absolutely bust their ass day in, day out. You know, I, I think of two other guys that that don't work for us, but like Dwayne Rankin and Kellen Olson, they're yes. there with Gerald just about every single day, grinding, just like Gerald does to get all the all the access, all the insight. And yeah, when the team is winning, there's not much to bitch about. There's not much to write negatively about the team. But don't get it confused because earlier in the season when the Sarver stuff came out, these guys were just as critical about that stuff. So it's not like they're being fair weather fans. They're actually being legit journalists, and they're giving a point of view that I feel like is is. Con, uh, you know, congruent with what the fan base is feeling. There was a lot of frustration earlier in the season about Sarver. There's a lot of disgruntledness about Sarver. There's a lot of hurt feelings about Sarver. But then you got a team who might. Fuck around and win the NBA Finals. And that's okay too, to sit there and praise these guys because those are two separate things. They really are. Like, they're all sons related, yes. But I think we all can agree that we separate Sarver from the team. And the guys that are putting in the work on the court and what we're talking about day in and day out – are the guys that deserve to get the love because they've led this team to the best record in franchise history, some of the best performances in franchise history. And you got a point guard who is doing something he's never done before in his entire career. It's okay to say so. It's not fair weatherism because fair weatherism is when I just make it up that word, by the way. I'm just making that That's up. Fair. Way to um, it. Is when it's is when you sit there and you say that somebody is going to have a phenomenal performance, and then when they get shook and they get rocked. You're still talking about how great they are and it's despite of something that is just really just basketball 101. Like come on, bro. Like we got to be better than that. So we got some tissues on your way so you can soak up your tears and move on because I'm sure you're going to be anti-Suns for the rest of this playoff run and I'm looking
3: forward to it. He's
1: going to get he's going to dig in even more. Oh yeah. I, and I love it.
3: It's it's two things. It's national media people refusing to dial back or admit that they're wrong because they have such a large audience Mm -hmm. because people constantly throw things in their face. They are way more hesitant. They'd rather just dig in and spin it however they want to spin it than admit that they were wrong. And the other thing is like the local versus national component. I I just, I struggle with that because it is really hard to cover this league as a league, as an entire league, mm. as someone who's tried to do that in the past, there's a reason Zach Lowe is Zach Lowe. There's a reason Matt Moore is Matt Moore. These are guys that are able to do it because they put in the time, because they watch hours of game footage, and they learn about other teams. I've, I've been covering the Suns, just the Suns, like full-on, full-time beat just for this year, and that's the kind of coverage it takes to adequately know a team day yeah. in, day out, practices, games, shoot-arounds, all that stuff. So when you come in at it from that angle of, like, I've I've watched probably three or four Suns games this year, and that's about it, haven't followed any of the local media coverage, know nothing about these people who are now in my mentions, that's the result that you're going to get. Well,
2: you know, it, it, it's a good point because, like, listen, for every other team in the league, like – were casual observers. You mm-hmm. know, we watch games here and there. Right. I had some badass takes, some horrible ass takes earlier this year. And really basically the entire time Jaron Jackson's been in the league, <laughs> I've absolutely hated Jaron Jackson. I've always thought he was overrated. I did not think he was very good. I was like, oh, who is this guy? He's not very good. I'm wrong. Jaron Jackson can ball. Mm-hmm. And he's played very, very well for the Grizzlies in the playoffs, especially against the Warriors. He's been a go-to guy for that team. It's okay to admit when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with a lot of these guys like Skip Bayless and and, and this clown, Nick Wright. Like, they just don't want to admit when they're wrong. Even Stephen A. Smith, is as, as loud as he is and as obnoxious as he is, from time to time, he will give you a glimpse of, like, man, I had that wrong. And that's okay. I respect that. Uh, it doesn't come very often, but it does <laughs> happen. And so, like, people, that that just makes you a little bit more likable, in my opinion, and I respect you a lot more,
1: and I'm sorry, but the whole idea that unbiased in this world doesn't happen. No, there's bias in everything with everyone. Yep. like, and if you admit to it, you own up to it. I appreciate that a lot more than trying to act as if there's there's none of that in this world, and you know that it's just you know up oh, there's there's no bias, right?
3: And I think you can still cover a team in a non-biased oh, way too. Like I, I, agree I don't. With that. I right.
1: I agree with that. I, I don't mean, but that also you're not afraid to say, hey, I like this team from from what I see on the court too. Like you can right. admit that and say, but I'm I'm covering them in a way well, that I. Appreciate. It's
2: also like look, let's think of the balance of of this show alone, right? You have Espo and I, who pretty much are just a loud mouse, and we and we talk and we're kind of we try to echo what the fans are feeling. And, and Lindsay kind of steers the ship. She tries to keep us level-headed even though sometimes it doesn't work. But she tries her very best, <laughs> and I appreciate that very much. And she has to put us in her place All basically every hour. <laughs> and, and then Gerald is basically the independent part of this where he is the, the professional journalist. There's a, there's a certain thing that you have to adhere to. Uh, and in a lane that you have to stay in because you do have to meet with the team. You do have to meet with the players. You do have to represent um, not only yourself but also us mm-hmm. when you go out there. So we have the luxury of being assholes. You guys don't because you guys kind of steer the ship. And I appreciate you both very, very much. Thanks.
0: We appreciate you, too. Thanks. Uh, I don't know how I feel Lind- about getting Lindsay. in with Lindsay didn't that know then. she was going to get
2: flowers today, but she got flowers. You guys do a
1: spectacular job <laughs> at it. It allows us to be idiots. They really Shout do. out
0: to Charles for the super chat. Said, customize son's tissues as well as Long John Silver. Thank you for the super chat. Said, here you go, Skip. I mean, Nick. Uh, thank you guys for donating to the tissue funds. Anything else, guys?
2: I think we've ended. That very felt well. good.
0: I feel like after this one, maybe maybe some OGs are a little necessary. Just we, we <laughs> were we were at at the top. Now we need to come back down, level out a little bit. If you guys feel the same way, stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OGs. They just announced their new mini OGs, three milligram microdose options for those maybe not wanting to dive right into the regular 10 milligram or, you know, if you just want to come down a little bit, but you still want to be a little hot for uh, some spicy tweets like Espo had earlier today. Um, Those mini OGs are available right now exclusively at Zen Leaf locations through May 11th. So check that out. But if you're interested in trying... The amazingly delicious varieties of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer. You can also go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OG's near you.
2: Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Shoe in the comment. Uh, it says, Saul getting away with calling Espo an asshole by adding himself into it as well.
0: Listen, last night
2: Espo and I were basically wearing the same thing. And everybody was like, like, oh, these two, they're. And and then I think you said you guys are more similar than you realize. Mm -hmm. So, uh, real recognizes real, asshole recognizes asshole. That's why I can call us one asshole, and he can call me an asshole because we both know we each other are our own assholes. I'm not not sure how I feel about this. (laughs) (laughs) Just the description. (laughs) The, The term's
1: probably correct, but by the way, I feel good now. All the spice has been uh, placed uh, appropriately on the Grilled Pigeon uh, and, and whatever the heck we're calling Little Nicky, and I feel good.
0: All right. Well, good. I'm glad that we had this little, like, vent session and a little powwow. We got to break down some things. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you, as always. Don't forget, tomorrow we will have a pregame and a postgame show right here, our same place for you, as always. And we're going to be live at the Ainsworth, so if you are local in town, Plan to come hang out with us. That's the Ainsworth in downtown Phoenix. It'll be a lot of fun. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith you can follow Saw at Saw Bookman. you can follow Gerald at Gerald Gorgay, and you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo take
1: Remember, sometimes in life, if you don't have anything educated to say, maybe you shouldn't just say anything at all. Ahoy, boy
2: in the valley like Dan G. No plan B, always on the job. My team move like the mob, turn the beat on, I throw it down like DA on the lot. Best, best combo since KJ, Marley, and Charles. If you squad, just sitting on the chat, get involved. Rhyme say it's got flavor, known to shine greater. Glide like Tom Chambers and Bulls versus Lakers. Off that pick, I'm Devin Booker. Bringing the hot take straight out the pressure cooker. Highlight.